danger. It's danger. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. most dangerous morning show, DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Ain't for everybody. Good morning, Angela Yee. Hey, good morning, DJ Ambi. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. I just seen something wild outside, B. I was walking in, I was driving into the studio, and right on the corner, it was a group of people walking. It was like three. Three white guys and like a white girl. And, you know, they look like they just was, you know, coming from the club or something like that late night, whatever. Mm-hmm. She had on a North Face with some jeans. Yo, she had a gun on her hip. What? She had a gun. She had her pistol on her hip, just out. And I'm like, she must think she must think she's from in Texas or something bro, like that. I have no idea. Like I asked, I asked uh, dude down there, I'm like, yo, are they cops or something? Like in undercover clothes? And he was like, I, I don't know, but he was like. You know, she got to have that thing concealed. Like, she just walking oh, down the block with the nine on her hip. They might be, though. You know, there's two police police stations by the station, so maybe yeah, they're undercovers. They were going, maybe they're going back to checking or barracks or whatever They look like college kids, though. <laughs> like, like, she had on a North Face with some jeans. She had the hoodie on, and her gun just out on her hip. Like, I was just like, what Maybe the it's hell? not and real. You looked, and you looked that close? You didn't run in the building? I was in my truck. I was in my truck Uh-oh. at the light. They was on the corner. Oh. I'm like, what the hell? Goodness gracious. Yeah, that scared me. White people were walking around randomly with guns in, in this climate. is scary. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome back, Ye. Yeah, I feel good. I've been in and out of town for the past, like, three weeks. So yeah. nice to be stable until Friday. That's right. Well, today <laughs> we got a big show for you. Lena Waithe will be joining us. Okay. Lena's here. She got the uh, new movie, Queen and Slim, coming out. Mm-hmm. That comes out on the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Everybody's saying that movie's amazing. Have y'all seen it yet? No. No. She gave us hell for that. <laughs> she sure did. She sure did. We're doing but they a screening, had like the, They had a screening in L.A. How were we supposed to go? No, they had no, a they bunch in New York. Like, oh, I haven't been here. Yeah, Lala had one this weekend. And I think mm-hmm. there's, there's one today, too. We're doing one. We're doing one, right, Eddie? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a screening. That's right. Charlamagne to pay for the uh, food. I'll pay for the drinks. No alcoholic beverages, though. Just uh, soda and water. Food. Why can't people have drinks? I mean, what, they what, can. What, what movie you just not paying for it? All of them? Not, not the ones I be going to. Yes, they do, and the, they have they bring them to your seat too. The AMCs I be doing the screeners that don't be having no drinks. That's perfect then. Not the one in the city I be at. I be at the one on Thirty Fourth Street. That's why I do my screeners at. Uh, I ain't seen no liquor in there. I like the nope. ones where they actually have food and you can order food from your seat. They have a menu. You ring the thing. They come bring it to you. Well, you can do all that, but we just got your popcorn and candy. Oh, you're saying you're soda. just not paying for drinks. Hey, hey, hey. You ain't doing all that. food, food. By food, you mean concessions. <laughs> concessions, exactly. Popcorn, some nachos. There you candy. go. Oh, no, those popcorns and nachos are expensive in the movie theater. Listen, man, times is hard in the slums I'm from, okay? I got my turkey giveaway uh, this Friday yep. in Monk's Corner, South Carolina at Berkeley High School. I mean, it's Saturday at Monk's, <laughs> at Berkeley High School in Monk's Corner. That, that costs. That's right. You know, that's... I'm tapped out. I gave South Carolina State 250000 Done. Yeah. I, so get, next, I understand. Until at least next July. 
until Thursday no. when we have change for change. Well, that ain't my You're right. <laughs> you no, know, we got to we got to I mean, donate we can dip into it if y'all want change. to. <laughs> no, we can't dip into that, but we got to donate a little bit. Also, uh, Susan Rice will be joining us. That's right. Susan Rice will be here. She has a new book out called Tough Love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we'll talk to as well. Let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Uh, well, we are going to talk about Burger King being sued, and they're being sued by vegans. Okay. All right. We'll get to that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, Monday Night Football! The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Chargers 24-17. Now, what else are we talking about, Yeezy? Well, Bill Gates is, once again, the richest person in the world. He has a net worth of $110 billion. Elizabeth Warren got plans for that goddamn money. <laughs> right, she Elizabeth sure does. Warren going to take that, baby. She sure does. Now, Jeff Bezos was uh, previously the richest man in the world, but now Bill Gates is back on top. So Bezos had to actually pay out a significant portion of his Amazon stake in his divorce from his wife of 25 years, and he is second with a net worth of $108.7 billion. Okay. So they're neck and neck. All right, Elizabeth Warren got plans for your money too, Jeff Bezos. All, All right. right, at Syracuse University, they have suspended fraternity activities after there have been some racist incidents as of late. So apparently there was a group of fraternity members and their guests that subjected, allegedly, a black student to a verbal racial epithet on Saturday night. And they said there's been several attacks on marginalized communities at the school, including other racial slurs spoken and in graffiti around the campus. They said African-Americans and Asians were reported at the student residence building Day Hall. Uh, slurs against them were reported at Day Hall. And the Daily Newspaper actually reported the news. And Renegade Magazine, which is a platform for black college students, said that these incidents also involved the N-word. And they said on Wednesday, November 6th in Day Hall, not only did someone take out all the light fixtures and put them in the toilets. They wrote the N-word across the bathrooms on both floors. And there was also some type of um, a white supremacist manifesto that was posted online and airdropped to several cell phones of individuals at the library. Oh, so he's a passive-aggressive racist coward because he can't say it to mm-hmm. nobody's face. He got to airdrop messages and spray graffiti on things. All right, and Chick-fil-A will no longer donate to anti-LGBTQ organizations. They're making major changes oh, to Popeye's their donations. Oh, Popeye's chicken sandwich kicking their ass. Uh, and that is to <laughs> the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Both organizations have taken controversial stands on homosexuality and same-sex marriage. So they are no longer going to donate to those. Oh, that Popeye's chicken sandwich is kicking <laughs> their ass, boy. Drop on the clues box for that Popeye's chicken sandwich. Ending homophobia. All right, and Burger King is being sued by vegans, and that's for the Impossible Burger because Impossible Burgers are actually cooked on the same grill as their regular burgers. I love it. So it's supposed to be a vegan alternative, but then you can't sit there and grill them on the same grill as meat byproducts. I love it. They're going to get some money, too. Yeah. They gonna get some Why? Because they, well, they never money. said they were going to grill it on a different grill. They just said it was what the burger was. Yeah, they well, they, they didn't false advertise. If you're vegan, you're not supposed to eat. You got to read the fine print. There's no fine print. What <laughs> fine print? Because <laughs> they didn't say they were going to get just another like, grill. Like, they just said they're going to give you the meat. I pause. don't eat pork. And if I have some, you know, when I used to eat turkey bacon, if that turkey bacon exactly. was on the same grill as that pork, boy. You know how many times you probably ate and didn't even know that? And guess what? If I did, I would sue. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not mad at them for this lawsuit because they're going to get some money. Yeah. Mm. Just like even at the juice bar, when we make juices, some people have peanut allergies. And if you have the peanut, you have to clean everything out before you make each juice. That so. is a fact. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, All right. that is your front page news.
All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a horrible night, horrible morning, or maybe everything was great and you feel blessed. 800-585-1051. Hit us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Mark. Hey, Mark, get it off your chest. Yeah, I want to disown my black people. You want to disown them? Yes, I've been hearing too many conversations with them allowing other races to say the N-word. So where you want to go? Huh? Where you want to go? I want to be black. They need to be They need to be another race. Well, there is another race within black, but we don't, we don't acknowledge it, I guess, but it's n***. Huh? It's n***** and it's black that's people. Not a, that's not another race. Yes, it is. It's, you need to, everybody need to go reference Chris Rock, uh, Bring the Pain from 96, and learn the difference between n***** and black people. Well, I know the difference between n***** and black people. What I want black folks to know that white folks shouldn't be saying it, or and Hispanic does not make you black. I don't think we should be saying it either, even though I just said so it. So you but. don't believe in Afro-Latina or Afro-Latino? No, yes, Afro-Latina. So they're not black? But not. No, they're black. I'm talking about in general, you automatically think because they're Hispanic, they have to be black. That's the problem. Okay. Not All right. Well, thank you, Mama. It's an ethnicity or culture. It's not a race. I don't All right. Well, well thank you. About. Hello. Who's this? <laughs> this is uh, Chandler from Columbus, Ohio. Good morning, y'all. Hey, Chandler. Hey, Chandelier. What's up? Get off your chest, bro. Uh, shout out to them Cowboys, Charlemagne. We but, out uh, here. Dropping the clues bomb for the Cowboys <laughs> drama. You better not forget. I'll come brush your bit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, no, but well, first off, Angela, you're mad that you went to that third world country, Cleveland, and you didn't come two hours to Columbus. But it's cool. <laughs> What's wrong with Cleveland? On the next tour. Man, that's, man, it's Cleveland. It's a third world country. I like and Cleveland. Then, uh, D- it's all right. It's all right. And then DJ Envy, I just looked at your Instagram, bro. That's definitely a toupee you got. Your hair was too trap, good trap, today, trap, 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 trap. That's not a damn toupee. Trap, 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 toupee. It's definitely a toupee. <laughs> it's not. I posted an old picture of me to show y'all that I have hair. My hair is going to get back to that. Everybody That's had hair, envy at exactly. some point. That's the point. <laughs> you that was had long 40 years it's, ago. Long it's not no damn 40 years ago. Trap, My nobody hair was born trap, trap. <laughs> without hair like that forever. Everybody you, you used to have hair, and then they started losing it. You wait and see next week. I'm going to have dreads. Thank you, sir. Hello, who's this? Tony from Virginia. Get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, I just wanted to comment. I heard the thing about the vegans uh, wanting to sue Burger King over the Impossible Whopper. I mean, they may be able to... Yeah, the Impossible Burger. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, they may be able to sue over it, but they may not because, uh, I mean, I go there from time to time, man. You know, under the uh, Impossible Whopper, it says right there that uh, if you want it cooked separately from that regular grill, you just have to ask for it. So they oh. may be able to they may not. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. So they covered. Yeah, they, they possibly are. Yeah, this, this, uh, that's all I wanted to comment on that. Uh, all right, thank you, bro. First time, actually. All right, thanks. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up, wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Milo. Milo, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, look, 
this impossible Whopper <laughs> lawsuit is ridiculous, bro. My guy, when uh, it first came out, already had told me that it was cooked on the same grill. They ain't about to get no money. See? Okay, so they tell everybody it's cooked on the same grill. It's already been it's already been known that it's cooked on the same grill as the as the same meat as the uh, regular burgers. Well, I don't go to Burger King, so you're right. If they got a disclaimer up there that says that, then they, they, they don't have you a lawsuit. Said you got to read the fine print. That's yeah. right. There you go. Thank you, bro. Hello, who's this? I'm on my grind, grind, grind. You on your grind, oh yeah. I'm on what? my shine, shine, shine. You on your shine, oh yeah. I'm on my grind, grind, grind. You on your shine, oh yeah. I'm on my grind, grind, grind. Oh, you on your shine, oh yeah. Yo, it's yeah. crazy. People I'm on my grind, 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 grind. People waking up smoking weed, bro. People just people just wake up and just start smoking early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. They just Why? be high. Why? 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 Oh, you, you ain't say hello. You just start singing. <laughs> well, hey, peace and blessings, man. Good morning. How you guys doing today? Yo, oh my God, this is Sean Stone. You trying so <laughs> you know hard not is. to seem boring, bro? Uh, come on, man. It's, it's not about <laughs> being boring anymore. You know what I mean? I just you heard his feelings, Sean. Man. man, you know what I mean. When you sing, you get to express your feelings. You know what I mean? Just like you know, if you got a lot going on in your mind, you got to express your feelings. I'm not mad at you, so. King. Let that rhythm out. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, definitely, man. How you guys doing today, though? You good? Blessed, black, and highly favored. You still yeah, making music, was, Sean Stone? Well, Angela Yee, what I want to do is I want I rather write for people. You know what I mean? Like I do music, <laughs> but I rather just write for people. I don't want to be no star. I don't want to be famous or anything like that. I want to be financially free, like you guys. You know what I mean? Okay, Sean. Sound like you just sound like you just giving up on your dreams, King. What? No, Charlamagne, it was never my dreams to be a rapper or anything like you that. You a goddamn lie. You think I ain't been working on this radio nine years and remember when you used to be asking Envy to play records and sending music up here? That is true. Oh, now you remember when you was dropping bombs and all of that, right? No, when I was hitting them farts on that garbage. Nah, you, you, never hit fart. you never hit fart on my, on my record. Maybe, maybe Dramos' record, not mine. It's a it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, I've been Damn, Dramos. Damn, Dramos hung up on Damn. Jeez. Bro, hung up on you, bro. I had he nothing did. It to do with me. that, Sean Nothing Stone. with me today. Dramos runs the board, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Hello. Lakeisha. Hey, Lakeisha, get it off your chest. Hi, my name is Lakeisha. I'm with Columbus, from Columbus, Ohio. I just wanted to say happy centennial to my sorors of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated Epsilon Chapter at The Ohio State University. What's, there you go. What that mean? It's that we all crossed 100 years ago. Well, our chapter crossed 100 years ago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, shout out to you guys for that. Yes, congratulations. And shout out to Thank all the sororities you. and fraternities as well. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes, find out who is on that list of richest people in the world. Well, this person just sold a majority ownership of their cosmetics line for a crazy amount of money. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club.
Well, J Lo was named GQ's I- uh, man of the in the men of the year issue. She was named the icon of the year. And she talked about making the movie Hustler. She acted in it, produced it, and she said she did it all for free. She said, I do things because I love them. I didn't get paid a whole bunch of money for Hustlers. I did it for free and produced it. I bank on myself. That's the Jenny from the black. I do what I want. I do what I love. So she didn't get that upfront money, but I'm she sure. She got back in. She got Come paid. On. She's making a lot of money. It only took them $33 million to make that movie. They made over $100 million. Yes, she produced she that movie. She got paid. She got, a she back, got paid. she got a back end. She could probably got a piece of some some equity in the movie. She gets a good back end. Come on, Jenny. Right, but what she's saying is that she banked on herself. She didn't get that upfront money. She didn't get paid for it necessarily. Just imagine if things wouldn't have worked out and then you end up taking a loss. That's but how, fortunately, yeah, but it is, it's still a risk, right? And they did work out. Yeah, so. I'd, rather, I'd rather bet on myself in that way. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. the, ca- the, the cast of Get Out got paid because a lot of them took back in money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's still a risk when you first get into it. You never know what's going to happen. All right, now, 50 Cent, a lot of people were talking about his Instagram account getting deactivated. Well, he said uh, that he himself actually turned his page off. According to 50, he said, LOL, I'm cool with all these false reports. If you don't know why something happens, you can't just make some ish up. I turned my own Instagram page off, suckers. So I guess he was just taking a break from Instagram, and he's been on Twitter a lot. And I guess he's trying to build up his Twitter page. He had said, I like Twitter better than IG right now. Follow me over there. So there you have it. (laughs) All right. Little Zan said he suffered seizures while he was going through his drug withdrawal. He went cold turkey from Xanax after he had a relapse and a major health scare. And here's what he said happened as he was detoxing. I was in the hospital, like, from, uh, because I had stopped taking drugs because I went cold turkey. Because I didn't want to be on drugs no more, but the uh, the withdrawals actually gave me seizures. Cause like I I wanted to stop drugs completely, but I did it the wrong way, you know. I, I'm completely sober now. Basically, a uh, little peep in uh, Mac Miller that really got me off that stuff. Yes, sir. It's called a uh, drug withdrawal. Also, kids, this is why you don't choose rap names based off whatever your drug of choice is at the moment. Cause what happens after yeah. you get clean? Can you still call yourself Lil Xan? That's yeah. that's another one of my anxieties. You, you talk about I got five kids and one of them get hooked on drugs, even though, you know, you, you never know what happens, but you just never want that situation. Well, you know what's good for anxiety? Xanax. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> Shut up. All right, now, Ja Rule has been legally cleared in the whole Fire Festival lawsuit, so good for him. There you go. Shout out to Ja Rule, man. <laughs> so the judge did dismiss an appeal that was filed by the Fire Festival attendees through the law firm that uh, was suing them. They wanted to get him back into a $100 million class action lawsuit that was filed against Billy McFarlane, who was the Fire Festival Festival co-founder. And they did side with Ja Rule in that. So now he is legally clear from that whole lawsuit. His name is not on that lawsuit. And there you have it. Congratulations, Ja Rule. That's That's a win. You can't hold Ja Rule down, damn it. All right. (laughs) Now, Kylie Jenner has sold majority ownership of her cosmetics company, and she sold it for a nice amount of money. She sold it for $600 million. Wow. I love that. I know. I love that. Entrepreneur. Why not? She's going to create another company. Yeah. I love it. So it still doesn't mean that she doesn't 
have anything to do with it. She just sold off a majority of that. So she'll still be behind all of the creative efforts and communications initiatives. So they're still going to use her social media and everything. And she said, uh, this partnership will allow me and my team to stay focused on the creation and development of each product while building the brand into an international beauty powerhouse. And she's only 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Man, congratulations to her. Now, since we're talking about her, let's talk about Khloe Kardashian. Looks like she's doing her own show with her daughter, True. So she did tease the possibility of a new TV show. But the way it's going to air is not on television. Looks like she's going to do it online. And it'll be short five to seven minute videos. So it's not going to be like full episodes like the Kardashians or like her other spinoffs have been. This will be just her and her daughter taking the world together. So the show will be primarily shot at her house. True is still very young, and every now and then, I guess, they'll go out and, quote, take on that the world together and their adventures as mother and daughter. Is the platform online, or is that Quibi? Because Quibi is the new uh, the new platform online that you can watch things in those short forms like that. Like, they got, like, short-form movies and TV shows. They haven't said where it's going to be yet. They mm-hmm. haven't shared those details. They haven't shared when it's going to start, but they do want to get it out there pretty quickly. It's and- probably Quibi. That's what Offset's got a show on, Quibi. That's when Antoine Fuqua is doing a movie. Queen Latifah is doing a movie over there. Isn't Snapchat doing movies also and shows? I'm not sure. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. aren't they doing that whole uh, Takashi movie on, I'm not on sure. Snapchat? I have, I have no idea, but if they are, that's smart. Because like, I think that's uh, actually the future. Those scripted short-form shows. Because people just be sitting around watching things on their phone. You're not going to watch a 30-minute show on your phone, but you'll watch a 7 to 10-minute. Yeah, Snapchat has uh, Takashi 6 9 versus The World. It's a docuseries that's going to run on there. Mm. All is, right. he, is he coming out soon? Because uh, I, I, I thought I seen something that said he'd be home in 31 days. Is that true? I you know? haven't heard <laughs> that. I haven't been keeping the Takashi 6 9 watch, Envy. You should. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Because you got some things. Yeah, you no, should be watching it. Anybody <laughs> no, should be watching it. I don't, I don't you to, should be watching it. No, I don't. Stop it. I don't have no countdown clock for Takashi 6 9 going. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. <laughs> All right, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, front page news, what are we talking about, Yee? Well, a teacher in Maryland got arrested after fighting with a student. All right. We'll get into that in next hour. Lena Waith will be joining us. All right? Yep. So keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now we're Monday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Chargers last night 24-17. Now what else are we talking about, you? Well, let's talk about a teacher in Maryland who was arrested after fighting with a student. Now this happened at Largo High School in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Uh, according mm-hmm. to the police reports, they said there was physical contact between the teacher and the student before the assault. They said the student stepped on the teacher's foot and bumped into her, and the teacher then engaged in a physical assault of that student. They said the nature of that assault was extraordinarily violent and that conduct is criminal in nature. So right now the uh, teacher has been fired and is being charged or facing charges of physical child abuse and second degree assault. They said detectives are also pursuing charges against the student in the juvenile court system. The student was in Spanish class and she told the detective she wanted to talk to the teacher, Nora, I'm trying to pronounce her name right, Nori, about an email her mother received the night before the student's behavior. The girl told police the teacher wouldn't speak with her without a third party because the student was being hostile. Teacher said, let me talk to you outside, miss. 
And the student started following her around the room, trying to get her to talk. She told her to sit down several times, but she didn't because she wanted answers. And the girl said she accidentally stepped on the teacher's foot while following her around and bumped into her shoulder as she pushed past her to leave the room. And that's when the teacher got enraged, struck her in the back of the head several times with a closed fist. She snuck her. Then kicked her, threw her to the ground, and continued to punch her. Oh, man, why she didn't give her the fair one and fight her square up? Why she got to punch her in the back of the head? So they said at least 30 students and eight administrators are part of the investigation, and they actually did jump in to break up the fight. Wow. Come on now, you can't. That's, this is crazy. I would have reposted the back of the head three. How old were they? How uh, old she's was a high school student, so she's 17 years old. I would have respected it if they'd have fought straight up, but she snuck that young lady in the back of the head. Yo, stop it, for man. For no reason, should be, that's whack. Shouldn't be sneaking no student in the back of the head at that's all, cool. man. Yeah, you, you guys sh- have kids in school. You, you shouldn't should- be sneaking nobody. That's whack. Don't sneak people, man. Give them the, give them the straight up fair one. No, she, no she fair She asked you to come outside, miss. She came to you and she said, Miss, I need to talk to you by sending those emails to my mama, okay? Come here, let me talk to you. You ain't want to talk, and then you want to sneak it from behind. She needs to be fired for that. It is no, a real problem, up, though. As we've been seeing lately, a lot of this going on in the schools with the teachers fighting the students. Have you ever witnessed that in school? I have Yourself? never, but it's, it's, it's getting to the point you, you 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 step on a uh, teacher's foot, you bump a teacher. Like, a, a teacher's a person, too. They no, just snapped. I do. It's not right. Yeah, I do. But it happens. That's so funny. I do remember in fourth grade, it is so weird how back then this was normal, but we did have a teacher who used to manhandle students in the class. Like, I remember watching this woman manhandle a couple students in fourth grade. Like, dragging them around the classroom. Yeah, you cannot do that. Come mm-hmm. on. I'm sure you was one of them. No. <laughs> she ain't never put hands on me. She did put, I, I've seen her put hands on a couple people, though. Yeah, you don't mm. want your kids to go to school in an environment where the teachers are beating up the students. Word is born. And to please, man, tell your kids, watch their back, because these teachers are sneaking them in the back of their head now. They're but, not even giving them the straight up, up, man. They're not even giving shut them the straight up faith. <laughs> but I will say, even for teachers and for educators, you shouldn't have to go to school and feel threatened by the students. That so is true, So they too. have to figure out what can happen. What What are we supposed to do about this? All right, and Donald Trump is strongly considering testifying at the impeachment hearings. He actually <laughs> he made should. that suggestion while he was tweeting. Does he have uh, a choice? Because Nancy Pelosi challenged him to testify, so her saying that he should come on and, and testify. I thought that's the whole point of impeachment proceedings. He's the one on trial. Well, the hearings right now, they're actually talking to people who have witnessed things, who heard these conversations, the whistleblowers, all of those people who were involved. So he can come before the committee and talk if he wants to, or he could do it in writing. And he has every opportunity to present his case, and he can do that. So I guess he's considering it now. He should. It, you're the one being impeached. <laughs> like, yes. I wonder if that'll help him, him talking. I don't know. <laughs> All right. And Burger King is being sued by vegans for the Impossible Burger. And that's because they are actually making those burgers on the same grill with the regular meat. So uh, there's some outraged vegans that have been complaining online. And now there is a lawsuit. They said the lawsuit, according to this lawsuit, it says Burger King has no disclosures on its menu that would notify a customer prior to the purchase of the Impossible Burger, Impossible Whopper, that it was cooked in a manner that would result in meat byproducts on the burger. So they want them to stop cooking Impossible Burgers and original burgers on the same grill. I don't know anything about this because I don't eat at Burger King, but from what I've gathered from our listeners, they do have a a disclosure up there. See, that's what I said, the fine print. Yeah, it tells you to me. And I don't know if that's true or not either. I'm just telling you what some of the listeners called up and said. Our, our sources here, our at, the sources. Breakfast, our right, sources here at the Breakfast Club said that uh, they do have disclosures up there. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true or not. They said you have to ask. That's what they. I haven't been to Burger King in years, so 
And you know what's crazy? I thought about going because they have that. The impossible whoppers. All right, that changed your mind. Yeah, Burger King ain't got no draws for me. Like it's like with McDonald's. McDonald's have the fries. Fries, fries is the draw. You go get them hot fries from McDonald's. There's nothing in Burger King I got to have. The chicken sandwich though is dope. The long, the long chicken sandwich is 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 good though. You think I would go to Burger King for a chicken sandwich? I'm just saying, if you're in the area, that's the only thing you got. I won't even go to Popeyes for a chicken sandwich. There's perfectly good Chick Fil A's out here that aren't donating to anti-LGBT community uh, organizations anymore. And I'm gonna get a chicken sandwich from Burger King. You just like it because it's long. See now, now um, I was (laughs) reading about this on Today.com, and when the uh, when the Impossible Whoppers first came out, they did say that Burger King acknowledges the Impossible patties are flame grilled on the same broiler as its chicken and beef products. So they have said that before. Mm. See? There you go. So when you bite into that long chicken sandwich, you either use both hands or you just use one hand? All right, and that's your front page news. What's wrong with you? Now, when we come back. Why you want (laughs) to? You kinky over there, man. You real kinky over there, man. I don't understand, y'all. I can't even talk about it. Now you don't understand this? This is crazy. All right. Ridiculous. Okay, all right. Ridiculous, right? All right. When we come back, Lena Waithe will be joining us. We'll kick it with Lena Waithe, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. And she came in here with smoke. Ready for smoke. She told us to put some respect on her movie. I'm she not did. special enough, apparently. Lena Waithe. <laughs> What said, up, y'all? I see y'all lucky. Hall. I love y'all. And she was like, so y'all know y'all the only two, the only interview I've done that y'all ain't seen my movie yet. I feel yeah. like the only black person yeah. in America who has not seen Queen and Slim yet. <laughs> I really do no, feel that way. No, America, no. Y'all been invited to see it. Really? To tell the black invited? people of the nation. Yes. Thank you. Look at the brother. He feel bad. He to, tell us. He over not- here like, don't embarrass yourself. Now, don't, do <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask that question on camera because then I got to do the sheepish like... <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. It's Lala, right. Lala had a screening this weekend. She mm-hmm. did tell me to come to come through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Queen of Slim, Queen of Slim, getting rave reviews. That's right, yeah, critically exciting. acclaimed. Yes, yeah, very trailer exciting. looks amazing. They're saying best movie of the year. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. The one that y'all haven't seen. Trailer looks amazing. Yeah, trailer's great. Man. Trailer looks great. Posters are everywhere. Yes, yes. Black love. Yes. Black people killing cops. What's better than that? Yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, all that. Yeah. No, I mean, no. Seriously, like the energy has been crazy. It's, it's been phenomenal, and this it's just been a it's been a crazy year, as y'all know. Um, you know, and I think to me it's just sort of like you know I think people have kind of got an opportunity to watch me grow up in a weird way. I think to me I'm just sort of evolving as an artist and really trying to leave my mark and plant my flag and really just do it for us though you know i said the other day i was like i love black people unconditionally and i think um a lot of my work is going to be to make sure people remember that we were here now for people that don't know what's the premises of queen and slim Break yeah it down. it's basically a black man and a black woman are on a first date a tender date, date. Mm-hmm. yeah um and it's not going great but it's not going horribly either and uh on the way home they get pulled over by a police officer and things escalate pretty quickly, and they ultimately end up killing the police officer in self-defense, mm-hmm. and they make the decision to run. Um, and and what happens is it's really about it's really a meditation on blackness, and it's about about how black people live in this world, always searching for freedom, always trying to justify the space that we take up. And uh, and it really it was sort of a story that came from somewhere deep down in my soul, and I'm I'm really I really kind of put my my body, my blood, my sweat, my tears onto the celluloid. Melina Matsukis directed the 
hell out of the movie. Mm -hmm. Daniel Kaluuya is phenomenal. We're introducing a new actress, Jodie Turner-Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, it really, in the soundtrack, is like, you know, crazy. That's available right now on Spotify and, uh, and iTunes. We got Lauren Hill to come and do something new for us. So it's just, it really is like the blackest movie that I think is, is going to come out this year. It sounds like a new uh, like a new version of Bonnie and Clyde, which I like, because one thing I always hate is when black people always compare themselves to Bonnie and Clyde. Right, I mean, well, look, well, that's the thing for us. I mean, here's the thing. When you see the movie, you'll see that, it's, that the Bonnie and Clyde comparison is only skin deep. They're not people who kind of like say, oh, we're going to take on, you know, we're going to just come out here and be criminals. They're really just two black folks living their lives. Now, how, how hard is it to get a movie like this made? Because when you go to the studio, you go to the, the studio and you're like, look, it's a black guy killing a cop. At a traffic stop. <laughs> like, uh, like, well, here's the interesting thing, and this is a, a really I want to you know make sure this narrative is clear. It was not difficult to get the movie made. They came wow. after us. I knew I wanted Melina to direct it because because I, I was working on it while we were filming the Thanksgiving episode, mm -hmm. and we had just bonded and like vibed and just who she is and how her brain works. And based on what I was writing, I was like Melina, Melina got to direct this. So when I even mentioned it to her while we were filming, I was like, Yo, I got this movie, man. I want you to direct it. She's like, Okay, 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 we'll see. So sure enough, I finished the script and I ended up having dinner with Daniel Kaluuya. And um, and I had just finished it. And Daniel was like, What you working on? I was like, Oh, I just finished this movie about these two black people. They kill a cop. Say less. He's like, I want to read it. And so I was like, okay. And just he just wanted to read it for f***s and giggles. And he did. And then he emailed me and was like, I, I got to be slim. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm very flattered by that. I was like, but Melina got to read it first. And then if she decides to make this her first movie, she and I have to decide who Queen and Slim are going to be together. So if you don't mind, like, wait a beat, let her read it, and then I'll have her come to you. And that's what happened. She read it and was like, yeah, yeah, this is my first film. And I was like, okay, Daniel Kaluuya want to be slim. And she was like, I don't know. Man, I don't think Daniel Kaluuya is our slim. And I was like, I know. I, did, I wouldn't have thought of him either. I said, but just, I don't know. You should talk to him. All right, I'll give him five minutes. So she goes and sits with him for five minutes, and then but it turns into five hours, and mm -hmm. then she offers him the role at the table. And then all these studios like lined up and was like, what do we got to do to get it? And I was like, well, I want Final Cut, point blank period. What does that mean for us people who don't know? Final that Cut language? means we don't we get the final say on what is on that screen. I get the final say on what was on the page, and me and Melina get final say on what was on the screen, mm -hmm. which is rare for first-time filmmakers. Um, I said, I want to shoot it and release it in the same year because it's urgent. I said, I want a fat budget because I don't believe that black people should be sitting in the back of the bus when it comes to cinema. We should have these small budgets to make big movies. Um, and I said, I don't believe in test screenings. And test screenings are what happens when they get, they show the movie to a test audience and they say, oh, I didn't get this, or I didn't understand that. I was like, one, I only will do one test screening. It should be 100% black audience. And what they say, I shouldn't have to be beholden to put it into the movie. Because sometimes we as the people may not be ready for certain things and say, oh, I didn't like that, or mm -hmm. I didn't get this. Like, uh-uh, let me give you something you may not know you need yet. So, and, and Donna Langley was like, you got all that. Oh. If it means you'll give us the movie. That's mm -hmm. how, they, they were like, we, we, what can we do? They were sending us gifts. They were like writing us wow. notes. They were calling me on my cell phone, heads of studios. And I was like, yo, Melina, these white people want this movie. So I was like, let's, let's make our demands. Let's come up with our list. And that was our list. And, Donna, and Universal, uh, Make Ready, they were all like, boom. And also said, I won't take a note from a white person on this phone. Word. Was the inspiration something that you were involved with the police getting pulled over, or was just everything that's going on? Oh, yeah, on in the she world? killed the cop. No, yeah. I didn't say killed the cop. <laughs> no, but it could have no, been, no, no. been something that she dealt with when she got pulled over. No, one time. and the funny thing is, I haven't been in a uh, scenario in the one that which Queen and Slim are in. Like, you know, I've been pulled over before. Mm -hmm. But um, but no, it was really this um this this author, James Fry. He's he's just, you know, he's a guy who like comes up with ideas and stuff. He came up to me at a party and was like, yo, I have an idea for a movie that I can't write. He had a different title, he had a different outline. I was like, I don't want none of that. I said, I want that seed of an idea, and I want to build the tree. 
So I was like, but as a, you know, I'm a fair person. So I was like, I would share a story by credit with you. I was like, but I'm going to take it and go write this thing. And he was like, all right, cool, have at it. And so I went and really started developing Queen and Slim. And, and my biggest North Stars were she would be Malcolm X and he would be Martin Luther King. And by the end of the movie, they swap places. Mm. A lot of people like to say Lena Waif doesn't write. Why do they say that? I have no idea. I think it's interesting because people see me a lot. They they see me as an actor. They see me as a producer. And I think it may be difficult for folks to think like, oh, she's also writing scripts and she's mm -hmm. doing that thing. But that's really who I am before like the acting gigs became, you know, a part of my life. I've, I'm, I always consider myself a writer first. Do you like the stardom? Meaning? Do you like being a star? Because it's like, yo, you... When you see Lena, you're like, okay, Lena got the aesthetics of a star, but do you like that role? Mm, it's not always. Mm -hmm. You know, it's tough. You know, when things happen on your shows and you got to, you know, call you and have those conversations. You know, it, it's it, there is a, a pressure that comes with that mm -hmm. because there's a thing about, you know, I believe in this world, we like to have gods and mortals. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I, I just feel like that can be a little dangerous because when you look at someone who is flesh and bone just like you, but yet you expect them to act like a god, it, things can get tricky. And I think mm -hmm. we, you guys, how many times has somebody come and sat in this chair and they're like, okay, this thing happened or I messed up here. The truth is we're all human beings trying to figure it out. Right. None of us are perfect. And I think that's the thing that connects us, actually, is our humanity. Um, but the reason, the, the part of the stardom I do like is the fact that I get to shed light on so many artists who I think are amazing, who mm -hmm. people may not otherwise care to look at or pay attention to. All right, we got more with Lena Waithe. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Oh Lord, Jensen made another one. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh? I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first play on my body in there. Huh? I just check my balance, I probably pull up to your hood and come buy me a new. No cap. You know that you always told you that crazy. Don't think that she lied to you, new. Get caught with your when I'm popping them both. Now they hot just like Bobby and Whitney. Ah. Say I'm the GOAT. Act like I don't know. But fuck it, I'm obviously winning. Don't make me go hit the bank. And take out a hundred to show you our pockets is different. Ah. I'm out with your bitch and I only want knowledge. She got a little mileage, I'm chilling. Ah. Ah. You disrespect me and I beat you up all in front of your partners and children. Ah. I'm the type that let them think that I'm broke until I pop out with a million. Ah. And take 20K and put that on your head and make one of your partners come kill you. Yeah. Say fucking with me, then he gotta grow up. Cause then you gotta be kid. A kid. This thing can't fit in my pocket. I got it. Like I hit the lottery. Hop, slap, shit out. No talking, I don't like to argue. I don't. Ain't gonna be no more laughing. You see me whip out, cause I'm gonna be the shot mirror. No cap. I don't follow no don't lie to you, but all of your they following. Ha. And that little ain't gonna shoot, shoot with that gun. He just pull it out in his picture. Ha, huh. ha. Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh. She like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Ha. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha. Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about that, I'ma pop that. Got like 32,000 in one of my pockets, the other one, that's where the Glock is. You little nigga wanna be in that gangster, man. Tell all these little stop that. Be the Burmian in front of the store where your mammy and grandmama shop at. I'll die on a whole nother wave on it. Let's see one of these little top that. I'll return a to a convertible, push me a little top back. Her boyfriend be hating and calling the groupie just cause she like all my music. She sent me a text and to delete the message. She trying to find out it's confusing. I don't know what these niggas thinking about. Use the brain on your head for you losing. I pull up at the school and I teach her some shit. Tell your bro I'm a mother tutor. Remember, I used to cheat off a pretty test. All the teachers, they thought I was stupid. Uh -huh. Was expecting the box to pull up on the truck, man. It's pulled up on the scooter. Huh? 
Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, yeah. She like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, She like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Lena Waithe. Now, you mentioned uh, being a star, and you said you had to call up here and, uh, mm-hmm. and straighten some things out. So mm-hmm. let's, let's let's break that down. So mm-hmm. you called Charlamagne one time. I know we were going at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that was when Jason Mitchell was released from the shot. Uh-huh. And you called up to explain what was going on. Right. And I know people were like, oh, Lena was talking in a circle. She wasn't saying a lot. But a big reason why is because here's the deal. I wasn't there. And I hear from, you know, different people, you know, about their sides of the story. And everybody's side is different. Mm-hmm. So to me, I didn't feel like it was right to try to speak for someone or mm-hmm. try to say, well, this is this is what happened because for where I'm sitting, I wasn't I wasn't there when it went down. So mm-hmm. all I can say is like, look, here's what I can do to ensure that I don't have that happen again. And that's what I ask people. It's like, look, hold me accountable. And we have a thing now where we have intimacy coordinators on every single set of a show that I'm either I've written or I'm an EP on, which means they're there. There's there any sensitive scenes, any sort of um, intimate scenes. They're there to be the liaison for us and the actors. So that way, the actors always feel completely safe and comfortable. And the big thing I've done with every single actor, and I have a lot of projects I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell say everybody has my number. Like I, My door is always open. Never feel like you can't come talk to me. So for me, I feel like I've grown so much from it and I've evolved so much because of it that to me, it's like I, I'm supposed to take hits. It, it's it's like, impossible not to. Yeah, right. you're supposed to. You're, you have to. But I think to me, it makes me stronger. It makes me more educated. Like I've educated myself so much about what it means to have a safe set. And the cool thing is, because I've gone through that, I've been able to talk to ladies in Time's Up and have conversations with folks about how to make sure their sets can be even safer. So for me, it really was a thing that opened up my eyes and it was a lesson that I that I welcomed with open arms. Did you get a chance to watch uh, Jason Mitchell on The Breakfast Club? Yeah, I did, I did. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought, to me, it, it, it seemed as if he's really uh, trying to work on himself and, uh, and he seemed to acknowledge, you know, some things, uh, some things I I didn't know about uh, that he, so he talked about. So yeah, and also I, and I always wanted him to to speak because again I'm not him. I wasn't there, and mm-hmm. I wanted to hear too, you know, because I I didn't. He and I, like he said, he and I haven't really got a chance to chat. So he, he still doesn't really understand why I don't think he was let go from the shy or Desperado, right? I don't think he he understands. I mean, why. he holds himself accountable. He said he's just not sure exactly. The reason what why. it is he did. Yeah, Desperado, I really can't speak to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the, but even the shy thing is what I try to tell people. It's like I don't own the shy. When you create a TV show and you and so and you you celebrate about a, a, a network saying, yeah, we're gonna make it. But what's happening is they when you're selling a thing that you created to someone else so they can distribute it. Mm-hmm. So th- I now lose ownership. So if they say that's why I remind people they have the power to fire me. Because technically, I'm an employee now, of that yeah. studio now. Um, and so they told me, hey, you know, this is what's going on. And I was like, okay, like, let's make sure that, that no one on our set feels, like, unsafe or uncomfortable. Um, but but that was a decision that the, the studio made. Like, it wasn't like Showtime said, oh, we're about to do this. Like, no, the studio it pays for everything. They own it, and they license the show out to Showtime. Showtime right. So there's a whole line, uh, you know, of people in charge, and I'm at the bottom of the list. Not to the, to the general public, though. Lena Waif is the shot. Right. Exactly. Look, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it. I created it. Mm-hmm. I wrote that pilot. You know what I'm saying? I'm much more involved season three. Um, like, and I think this season is going to be, 
I think, one of our strongest and most grounded and most human seasons um, because I've actually gotten a chance to be involved from the day-to-day. And, like, um, like I did a pass on every script this season. Um, I may pop up in there every night, so just be on the lookout. But um, it's it's because the way I write is that I don't judge characters. Um, and so and I feel like I feel like that that's what's going on this season is less judgment. And obviously there's going to be some changes. Like, yeah, it's like you're not going to have Brandon, you're not going to have Jerrica, but what happens is we illuminate um, some of these other characters and we have some new faces like Lala, Candy pops up, Luke James has a wonderful role. Mm-hmm. So we really... Lil Rail. Lil Rail popped up, ran up on us. And so it's just, it's really a special season. And it's a season where, you know, we had some some struggles in terms of what the show would be. And and I really kind of had to rise up and put the show on my back. And, uh, and I hope people tune in and I hope they really rock with us because the show is always bigger than one character or one person. I mean, there's a lot of Papa this season too, which I think people are going to be happy about. A lot of what? Papa. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids. Yeah, yeah. The kids that kids should be a whole spinoff, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And the kids are growing up, man. They're like 14, 15, and we're not shying away from that. They vaping. They talking about having sex. Like, it's real. Now, you, you, once, you said you wouldn't work with Jason anymore, but time has passed. Mm-hmm. You saw him on Breakfast Club holding himself accountable. Did that change your perspective? In you it? know, I don't think I can speak to it yet. You know, I think um, we kind of have to let maybe some more time pass. And, you why, know? and why did you say you wouldn't work with him Let her finish. No, I was going to say, because people don't know that. So <laughs> eager. Well, well, no, I mean, I think, <laughs> look, I'll be honest, it was a question I wasn't expecting, you know, but I think Charlamagne Char- does that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Charlamagne, but it was a fair question to ask. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, it's like, if I'm talking to you about making sure that this won't happen again or making mm-hmm. sure the people know that I'm for the people and I'm for black women. Like, I'm a person who is all about, you know, supporting us and making sure we, 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 we're we good and we feel safe. I couldn't then have a whole conversation with you and then still be like, oh, yeah, but if he ever wanted something, you know, we all good. To me, it's also about sometimes you, you got to change your behavior. Right. Yeah, You have to change your behavior. It's the best apology is change it's, behavior. Yeah, and so, and that to me was what I felt like I needed to do and, and I can't, align myself with, with someone who is like, you know, if they're saying this is happening, this happened, this happened again over here, at some point I have to kind of go, okay, let me do my thing over here and make sure my shit is together. Yeah, because I found it interesting that nobody said anything in reply to Jason after the breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even the network was like no comment. None, I, of, the, yeah, none of the young women came out and said, oh, that was a lie. I just, I was like, hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person out there too, you know, and again, yeah. but that's what puts me in this tough spot because I'm not there. I even know it's like I, you know, it's like I, it's almost like I own a lot of companies. You know what I'm saying? And I can't be at one company every single day. Mm-hmm. But again, that's why I made it very clear about the people that work with me and for me that they understand the mandate. It's like that will not be tolerated. The, the thing with the whole situation, we talk about what he's done, but nobody know what what he's done. Like we assumed it was sexual assault. I can't at one even time. really speak to it. I then can't even speak it was to it. And being aggressive, like nobody has ever said, well, he done this. You know, what I mean? that's why people are all confused. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it, and I get that people are frustrated. And it's like, look, I'm frustrated. I've been trying to get straight answers, like what happened, what you know. But but even to me, like I can't. I'm getting different versions from different people right. because again, everybody has their own version of the truth. And so that's why I wasn't going to come up here and say, well, this is exactly what happened. One, because I don't have a right to do that because I wasn't on set and mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Um, and also have to believe, you know, the, I have to believe women. I have to, and so therefore we made a change, a big change on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know some people were like, oh, you waited until this thing happened over here. It was like, look, like I didn't even know about that thing, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever happened on the Netflix movie. So mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, I have to. All I'm tasked with is okay. So now this is this. How we? How do we make the show great? How do we? Like I gotta. Because that's the thing people don't understand. It's like I gotta. I have to go write. I gotta go produce this TV mm-hmm. show. You know. So I know people want me to. 
you know, talk about this or spill that tea. It's like, I don't have time. All right, we got more with Lena Waithe. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Lena Waithe. Charlamagne? Jason said it himself. He said, Lena... Lena should not have received backlash because of my actions. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you feel like the backlash was fair? Well, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I, I think black folks, you know, f with me and they support mm -hmm. me. I mean, because somebody could look at, you know, where I'm sitting right now. And, and, you know, I feel like I really got the support and the love for my people. And I, a lot of people actually came up to me and, and said, you know, in the interview, they appreciated the fact that I said, look, I'll take the hit. You know, I can't enjoy the fruits of the labor and not deal with, you know, when some shit happens, you know. So, um, so a lot of people, you know, really said they were like, thank you for breaking down the roles of power and who's in charge and who's in charge of what. Um, and also you saying, hey, I wish I would have handled it differently. That was my thing, because I think and also in owning up to like me, uh, there was a place where I could have handled it better, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, and I, but here's the deal. I think everyone in their lives has had an incident where they could have said, oh, I could have I could have dealt with that better. So that's my thing is for, for my, my people who may be like, oh, Lena, da, da, da. I was like, all I ask them is like, yo, have you been in a situation where you could have handled it better? And if you, if you say, yeah, I just say like, then just rock with me and just know that I'm growing up in front of you. You know, I'm learning as I go. Like I was, that, I, I sold that show when I was like 32. I was a first time show creator. I was like a baby and I didn't have a real, like, like any power really. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was in there trying to like, trying to understand and learn. And then of course, over the course of the show, I, my profile kind of got a little bigger and I was doing other things. Um, and now that's why I have that power to say, yo, this will never happen on any of my sets ever again. If anyone ever allows it to happen, heads will roll. Gotcha. It's very hard just to grow, right? Because especially with social media, because yeah. every little thing, yeah, you're in they front pick of people. Apart, yeah. You're like watching. You know, it's like you know, I'm I'm trying. The thing is, for me, why if it could be hurtful at all is because all I want is for black people to be successful and right. great and win. Like we are owed that. I would never ever stand by and allow you know, especially any woman, particularly a black woman be, you know, be hurt or abused and be not doing anything about it. Your situation is one of those situations that made me say, F it, man. And the reason I say that is I'm like, if y'all canceling Lena Waif, don't none of us stand a chance. Well, I, I'll say I'm this. Like, I'll say Waif? this. Because even black people make come out and say nobody was really on some cancel. <laughs> like, I, I will say that. I, I, I didn't see that. I think people were just sort of like, what? How, wait, Lena, what? was? It was more like, Lena, what's going on? What yeah. happened there? No one really was on that. I, I got to give the people credit because I know folks will be like, hold up, we weren't saying that. Um, but because seriously, because I felt so much love the, when we, when we uh, introduced the Queen of Slim like, teaser on the BET Awards. Everybody was like, Ugh. everybody was so excited. Right. So I think folks know, they, they have, a, they have a, a bit of a sense of who I am. And um, and I think, too, it's like, like I said, if the pop up again and again, if it becomes a pattern, please, cancel my black ass. But if you see that I made a change and I've grown and I've learned from that experience, then to me, I feel like you can see yourself in me because everyone has like stumbled or, or not done something the right way and then come back and, and, and been really stronger for it. Absolutely. Congra yeah. Congrats on the wedding too, Thank by you. the way. Thank you. Welcome Thank to you. the club. be like, y'all, you right. know? Okay, congrats. You know, a little bit. How's marriage so far? So far, so good. We're a few months in. So, okay. uh, <laughs> no, but honeymoon, see, the honeymoon Exactly, part. exactly. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's, you know what? It's very freeing. That's what marriage feels like. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, you, when you think about it, you feel like, okay, you walk into a space and they, somebody closing the door. To me, it's like a, the ring gave me wings. Mm. It was like, oh, there's nothing I can't do or accomplish because I have someone that's going to have my back for the rest of my life. I got to write that one down, Miss Ryder.
The ring gives me wings. I'm going to use that one at some point. I love being mad at you, baby. This ring gives me wings. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Wow. It's like, you know, you have a partner, you know, and, and, and also, too, you're talking about cancel culture. If the, even if the world did cancel me, everything went away. Alana's like, I'm never going to cancel you. I got that by You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's and the best I, feeling. And you just, I, I just feel like, you know, Please, like we, like we, we, we good. What made you want to do it right now? Or a few months ago, whenever you did it, what made you? Well, no, I mean we've been together for a little over five years yeah. now. So we, and we, that's the thing. I, we've been engaged for like two years. It was just, it was just sort of time, and, and my life got a little bit busier, you know. And her life is busy. She runs Michael B. Jordan's production company, mm-hmm. um, Outlier Productions. So she's in Germany right now. They're, they're they're out there filming a movie. So we both have sort of been in our bag and, and working and grinding. And mm-hmm. uh, so, but we we also want to just keep it small and, and, and intimate. Uh, and it was literally just she and I and our awesome photographer. Was that was that ever a dream for you growing up? Because it wasn't even legally possible for you. You know what I mean? Right. It's so, funny. It's, it's it's not a thing I necessarily thought about every single day or all the time. But yeah, but once I fell in love with her in that way, I was like, oh, I, yeah, I want to get married. I want to be married to you. Yeah. And uh, but we always felt like we were married too. It always felt like that. We like we moved in pretty quickly, and like we just caught a vibe. And and I just wanted to make it official. I wanted to I wanted to put a ring on it. You know what I mean? How did y'all meet? We met in a general meeting uh, in, in Los Angeles. Funny, we're both from Chicago, funny enough, and born in the same month, same year. Um, and wow. Yeah, it was crazy. But we just did, we never crossed paths there. But we just met in a general meeting, and there was no no nothing going on there at that point. I was very professional. And we just kept bumping into each other and all that kind of stuff. And then one day we just, uh, like, we, we went to have drinks, and uh, and we just, something just clicked. It was it was different. And we've been hanging out. We've been together ever since. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm, a, I'm very decisive. I was like, mm, yep, this is it. This is the one. This is it. This is it. Well, no made you one. keep it to yourself and not announce it to the world immediately. Yeah, I think because we wanted to have something to ourselves a little bit. It's that thing you mm-hmm. talk about. you know. And I do. I share my life. And, you know, and I'm very, you know, interactive with folks. And, and I love people. I love talking to folks. I love interacting with people. I think it makes me a better artist. And people will tell you. I, I'll respond to DMs and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And people always asking for advice about how to be writers. But that one... We really want to enjoy being married just to ourselves for a little bit. Right. Um, and then, you know, and then when the opportunity came, I think I was on Ellen. It was like, all right. You know, and also people, they see the ring. I refer to her as my wife now in certain interviews. So we didn't mind saying something. But it really, uh, we just kind of wanted to have something to ourselves for a little bit. That's all. You know how that go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see Queen and Yeah, Queen I can't Slim. wait for y'all to see it. <laughs> Envy, you know what? You should buy the theater. You got the money. You, you know You know what, Charlamagne? You and I should buy the theater, Charlamagne. Yeah, I do that all the time. Uh-huh. I do. I know I am uh-huh. going to do it. Charlamagne, you uh-huh. and I, I together. I, I, first of all, I already have planned. Malcolm around your neck. Come yes, on. I already have planned to do that anyway. Okay. I, I'm going to so, do that. Okay. Yeah. I do that all the time for black movies. Like when it's black yeah. movies and it's black creatives, yeah. I do it. I'm oh, with yeah. you all the time. I'm with you. Come on, man. Queen of Slim, 1127. And again, my thing is, if this movie does numbers, it'll change things for us because then it's not just about getting black movies made, but it's about getting black movies with Final Cut raw black movies, mm-hmm. black movies that, that um, are presented in our native tongue. That's the thing about this movie. It's like there's no code switching. There's no explaining. It's like when white folks come and see this movie, they're going to get a real sense of what it's like to see the world through the black lens. Eddie, set that up. Set the uh, Please. the theater up. All right, I'm he knows. You just help him set the theater up. He no, like, I, do, I do this thing. Like, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's going to nodding, nodding. Yeah. All right. That's I appreciate all. y'all. Free popcorn on me, free drinks on Envy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Not alcoholic <laughs> drinks. Not alcoholic drinks. Soft drinks. Sprite. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> All right, it's the Breakfast Club. It's Lena Wave. Hey. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ MV hey. Angela Yee. Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's happening? Let's get to these rumors. Let's talk Lizzo. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On 
Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Lizzo is being sued now. You guys remember that Postmates situation that happened where she ordered some food from Luke's Lobster and she never got her food and then she went on social media and she said, hey, at Postmates, this girl Tiffany W. stole my food. She lucky I don't fight no more. And then she posted a picture of Tiffany. Well, people in her comments were like, Jesus, the poor girl is going to get fired and then hunted down. Come on, Lizzo. So she did take it down. And Postmates did ask her to message them directly. So according to the woman, Tiffany, she says the issue was that she did what she was supposed to do. She waited for five minutes, couldn't get in touch with Lizzo after she arrived at the location. And she even walked around the hotel where she was staying, asked employees about a guest named Bonnie V because she used a code name. And she was told there was no one by that name staying at the hotel. So that's when she left. So now she's suing. She's saying that she lost her job. It's libel, false invasion of privacy and causing emotional distress because people on social media were threatening her life after that. She wants damages related to the incident as well as legal fees and any other legal and equitable relief as the court deems just and proper. You know, I don't know who's right or wrong in this situation, but I do know this would not be happening to Lizzo if she wasn't Lizzo. Okay, Lizzo just learned a valuable lesson. When you, you know, achieve a certain amount of status, a certain amount of fame, you can't just be clowning people when you want to. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. All right, now Gabrielle Union did an exclusive with Baller Alert, and she talks about her parenting styles. And it's a very judgmental world out there. And this is all in response to T.I. discussing his 18-year-old daughter, Deja, also Alicia Keys, opening up about parenting with her 4-year-old son who wanted the rainbow nail polish. Well, now Gabrielle Union's talking about parenting. She has her firstborn that she had more than a year ago, and she also helps to raise her stepsons that she has with her husband, Dwayne Wade. And she said, just because you grew up one way doesn't mean you have to repeat everything you were taught. She said it's okay to acknowledge that perhaps there's a better, more loving, more compassionate way of raising kids than in previous generations. It's okay to lead with love. It's okay if your children aren't exactly like you. It's okay to nurture your child's interests, even if those things don't interest you. It's okay to evolve your thinking. It's okay to not live in fear or judgment. There are no perfect parents or perfect children, so just breathe and do your best and lead with love and acceptance. She's absolutely right. That's how you think she said was right. That's how you break generational curses and create generational blessings. Simple as that. Like, people were even criticizing her for going to Miami Pride in support of Zion, their son, uh, together, just because... So, I don't know. I don't know why they care. They're supporting Zion. She's supposed to support Zion, her son. Her stepson. You support your yeah, child in whatever that it is that they're doing. That's so, what she's saying. Yeah, yeah, just support them. If he's young and he's, you know, gay and he wants to go to the proper parade, yes, you It's go great with for him. the family to come out and support. <laughs> All right. Judge Joe Brown has some issues. He was talking to Umar Johnson, and they were on Valerie Denise Jones' show, and... They were talking about Harriet Tubman and putting her on the $20 bill. Judge Joe Brown apparently has a problem with feminists. I don't give a goddamn about feminists. They can go straight to hell, and I know they hate themselves because they got two X chromosomes instead of an XY. They are fraudulent, self-hating, and they're sick. These feminists are trying to do this movie so they can get a black woman put on a $20 bill. They can't get a white woman, so they want a black woman. They don't care. They just want a woman, and it downs masculinity. We've got Ben Franklin, so we can have Frederick Douglass. Sounds like he bumped his head or something. I don't know what he's talking about, but he was talking about the Harriet Tubman movie. And then in addition to that, he talks uh, some more about feminists and this $20 bill. Okay, but you don't have a problem with a black woman 
and in this case, Harriet Tubman being memorialized. I got a, a big problem if it's on a bill before they put a black man's face on one. I have a big problem Why? with that. Why do because you have a historically with a black the status woman? of a, an ethnic group is determined by its men, not its women. And that you put but a black you, woman on there before a black man is insulting to the black race because you're saying I, I, the men ain't uh, worth a damn to put a woman up there first. Yeah, hey, Harriet Tubman. What is he uh, talking about? Harriet Tubman might have shot Joe Brown. All right, you know well, what I'm saying? I'm just definitely. Saying, yeah. Like this is why yeah. I prefer Judge Mathis. Okay. They, yeah, they but say you, they, they say you shouldn't argue with people that uh, Harriet Tubman probably would have shot. Harriet Tubman might have shot Joe Brown. And for the record, Harriet Tubman was harder than, was harder than a lot of you niggas. Just want to throw that out there too. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Now we can have the debate of what uh, black man should go on uh, a, a bill before Harriet Tubman, but it's. Probably only one, if we're being Who? honest. Martin Luther King Who's Jr. That? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't even know if you can compare it. Like, I, I wouldn't be mad at either one of those, to be honest with you. Right. I just want to tell you, you're at your N-word uh, maximum for the day. Yeah, definitely meet your quota. Who told you that? <laughs> Sources say that you're at your quota, bro. Sources say? Sources say, say you're at Charlemagne has reached his N-word quota, quota for, for the today. day. I just okay, want to tell you fine. That. I'll just transition <laughs> to white people today then. Give me. Come on. Set me up. Who, who, who are you giving your donkey to? Well, today's donkey of the day, sources say, is coming from South Dakota. Okay? Can't use okay. the N-word. In, oh, you can use the N-word in South Dakota. Okay? But we're not talking about N-word today. We're talking about Caucasians. Four hours All right. hour. Listen, and this is good because we get to take a trip down memory lane and talk about some of the great uh, anti-drug campaigns that we've seen throughout history. All right. We'll get into that next. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Just don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey shit. It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. At the Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yeah, thank you today for Tuesday, November 19th, uh, goes to South Dakota Governor Christy Nome. Now, I know nothing about South Dakota. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. I Googled famous people from South Dakota just to see what's come out of there on the entertainment front, and the first name was WWE legend UFC fighter Brock Lesnar, an actress named January Jones, who I've never heard of. White people in the room, y'all know January yeah, Jones? Yeah, we know January Jones. You know January Jones? Mm-hmm. They're not white, E, but okay. <laughs> uh, and a uh, social media agitator, Fox News personality, Tommy Lauren, is from South Dakota. So it's safe to say that the mayonnaise is heavy in South Dakota. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, because I did light research on this, but in South Dakota, uh, it seemed like it was 20,000 black people and 700,000 white people. Okay, Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Yeah, see, even if I'm wrong on the numbers, I'm pretty sure that there's more Caucasians in South Dakota than it is Negroes. Now, South Dakota must have a meth problem because uh, Governor Christy Nome launched her anti-meth campaign. Now, before we move on to that, I want to give people a quick history lesson in regards to anti-drug campaigns, anti-drug messaging. I remember growing up in the 80s and 90s and the messaging about drug use was simple and effective. Do you remember famous campaigns like This Is Your Brain, This Is Your Brain on Drugs and they were scrambling the eggs? Is there anyone out there who still isn't clear about what doing drugs does? Okay. Last time, This Is Your Brain, This Is Drugs. This Is Your Brain on Drugs. Any questions? Amazing. Uh, amazing. I always wondered, did someone eat those eggs after? Okay, also the anti-drug messaging in movies was very effective. Who can remember the classic scene on Lean On Me when Joe Clark delivered a powerful anti-drug message to Sam? I don't think you've changed a thing. Go on, jump. No, I don't want to jump. Yes, you do. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> 
Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack? Yeah, yes, sir. Do you know what that does to you? Huh? No, sir. It kills your brain cells, son. It mm. kills your brain cells. Now, when you're destroying your brain cells, you're doing the same thing as killing yourself. You're just doing it slower. Now, I say, if you want to kill yourself, don't f around with it. Go on and do it expeditiously. Now, go on and jump. Jump. <laughs> no. I don't want to kill myself, sir. I know that's what T.I. learned the word expeditiously from. I know that is. Round of applause to Morgan Freeman. Okay. Come on, man. You didn't want to do no drugs after seeing stuff like that. What about Minister Society when you realized that crackheads weren't just out here sucking on glass pipes? Man, you got some money or not? Oh, man, come on, man. Hook me up this time. Are you crazy? Hook you up. Oh, man, come on, man. Wait, 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 man. Man, man, man I'll suck your Come on, man, just hook me up. What the f come You on. just say f man, I said I suck your f Come on, man, let's get the f Oh, that was terrifying, okay? But there's no anti-drug messaging better than just say no. It was just simple and to the point. Let's hear it. It's a big pot for you. No. Cocaine? No, thanks. Yo, my man, you want some lewds? No way. If someone offers you drugs, instead of saying something you really don't mean, just say no. <laughs> Got some sense of million for you. No. No. No big production number. Just say no. You'd be surprised how well it works. I, no. Oh, if it was just that easy to just say no, but we'll get to that. Uh, Governor Christie Nome, like most white people, they have a different approach to the opioid epidemic than they did they ever did to the crack epidemic. Okay, see, when it comes to crack, it was all about saying no, just say no. Okay, and locking people up. When it comes to the opioid epidemic, it's, it's all this messaging about being in this together and getting people help. Uh, well, Governor Christy Noem's anti-drug campaign, unless I'm on drugs, doesn't seem like an anti-drug campaign to me at all. In fact, I would go so far as to say this is a just say yes campaign. In fact, the campaign slogan is, meth, we're on it. I can't make this kind of stuff up. Play the ad. I'm Governor Christy Noem. South Dakota's meth crisis is growing at an alarming rate. It impacts every community in our state, and it threatens the success of the next generation. This is our problem, and together, we need to get on it. If you see something happening, or you know of someone who needs help, call 1-800-920-4343, or go to onmeth.com. Let's get meth out of South Dakota. Show the N. Put the N up on revolt. Put the, uh, the South Dakota state thing with the word. Look at that. Meth. We're on it. Maybe they're trying to normalize it so you feel like you're not alone. We're that's, all on that's it. That's what I think. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> South Dakota, is this your queen? All right? I agree with Angela Yee. Uh, I, also, I, I feel like I know what Governor Christie was trying to do. She's trying to say meth is a problem in South Dakota, and the community needs to get on it as far as finding a solution. But no! Okay? Nobody read this and was like, this is, doesn't read right. She didn't come up with this on her own, okay? This was put together in a boardroom somewhere. There were conference calls. People had to approve this. Not one person said to themselves, you know, I don't think a website called onmeth.com <laughs> is a good idea. I don't think having the state of South Dakota with the words meth were on it, written across it, is a good idea. But you know what? I think that Christy Nome knows how hard it is to just say no. So instead of just saying no, like Angela Yee just said, she said, let's just say yes. We're in this together. Okay, we're on it together. And guess what? I have no feelings about this. Other than this commercial being hilarious, there's a prophet among us named Dave Chappelle who broke down how I feel about this on his latest stand-up special, Sticks and Stones. Can we hear from the God? Opioid crisis is a crisis. I see it every day. It's as bad as they say. Sadly, you know what it reminds me of? Seeing it? It reminds me of us. 
these white folks look exactly like us during the crack epidemic. It's wild because I even have insight into how the white community must have felt watching the black community go through the scourge of crack because I don't care either. <laughs> Hang in there, whites. Just say no. What's so hard about that? <laughs> South Dakota, carry on. Please give Governor Christy Nome the biggest hee-haw. In fact, let Kathy Griffin give Governor Christy Nome the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. They paid $450,000 for that ad campaign. How much meth can you buy with $450,000 in South Dakota? <laughs> I don't know how much meth costs. Mm. I know one thing. The crack, we're on it. Campaign would have been fire in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Thank you for that donkey today. Now, when we come back, Susan Rice will be joining us. Why you sound like you just popped in I like know. you were recording. <laughs> like you wasn't even hmm? with us. It's like you just popped in like you weren't even with us this whole time. Like you are recording just now. He's doing his hair. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was brushing my hair. Yeah, shifting <laughs> that wig back in place. Yo, you know, well, you, shut up. You was the talk of the barbershop yesterday. I'm not going to front. It was like arguing basketball games. I'm not. It's not, not, not fake. It's real. A lot of people are asking about it. I'm telling you. I told you. I got you a check. Yeah, man. For this, for your hair it's, situation. It's my real hair, guys. Johnny it's my, it's no follicles, you. no plugs. It's the truth. He cuts my hair. Johnny was defending you, but then there was people in there. They was like, Nah, man, it ain't real. Then they started bringing up Tory Lanez and LeBron and all of these different people that got trapped toupees. It was. Crazy. But yours is a good job. I'll say that. It's not because it's real. That's hey, why. There's hey, no follicles. Hey. There's no plugs. It's nothing. Hey, follicles. We're on it. You know <laughs> You know what? It's Susan nice. Rice, when we come back, keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Ms. Susan Rice. Welcome. Good to be with you all. Hey, Ms. Rice. We have a new book out called Tough Love, Tough My Love. Story of the Things Worth Fighting For. Mm -hmm. You know what I like about you, Susan Rice? I heard you say that Lindsey Graham is a piece of shit. And I was like, <laughs> I like I like a person that speaks that kind of language so matter-of-factly. Well, you know, I've had too much experience with him. Mm -hmm. So I had to just finally say what I needed to say. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, you've been through a lot, and what you don't think about sometimes with politicians is how it affects their life at home, right? You know, being married and having children who, when you get slandered, your kids actually uh, feel the brunt of that as well. So can you talk about that a little bit, just balancing being a mother, being a wife, but also working for the Clintons, working for Obama? Yeah, well, I've now got two kids who are close to grown. One is in college, and one is a junior in high school, but through... Most of my time working in the Obama administration, uh, they were pretty young, and they were at home. And you know, when I got publicly vilified for uh, going on the Sunday shows and sharing the best information we had at the time about Benghazi, um, what I didn't realize is that our youngest child, our daughter, uh, who was nine years old at the time, was hearing all this stuff on the television and and uh, had it you know really sort of seep into her consciousness in a way that her parents her dad and I didn't appreciate. Mm -hmm. And so there was a period of time a few weeks after uh, I went on the Sunday shows that she started complaining that she was seeing figures, men coming at her out of walls. She was having mm, hallucinations. Wow. Right. And obviously we were totally freaked out and we took her uh, to Children's Hospital in Washington for like weeks of tests. And they were trying to figure out, you know, is this a brain tumor? Is this schizophrenia or some other kind of psychosis? Mm -hmm. Is it a vision problem? 
And we went through all this to try to figure it out. And thankfully, they were, they ruled out all the worst case scenarios. And they concluded, sort of by process of elimination, that she was having a stress reaction mm -hmm. to what had happened, she'd seen happening to me on the right. television. Wow. Um, and yeah, and eight years old. Wow. Which is, you know, uh, one of the reasons why I have strong feelings about the manner in which people attack one another. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lindsey Graham was one of the most virulent and persistent of my attackers, actually, to this day. You and never think about that. You never think about how uh, the families of people are being affected. I, ironically, you know what made me think about that back in the day was when uh, Kathy Griffin did the thing with Donald Trump holding the head, mm. and they were saying how the, his son saw that. Right. And I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, that's why I put it in the book. It does affect the people who love them. Mm -hmm. Right. And people who didn't mm -hmm. sign up for this shit. Did that ever make you fix feel good? <laughs> Sorry? How did, how did you fix it with your daughter? You turned the TV off? You not allowed them to have a cell phone, telephone? I mean, we, well, all first of all, we did turn the TV off, but too late. Right. Before, you know, it had already affected her. And then just to try to explain as best we could what was happening, try to make sense to, of this to a nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. Our older child got it. Right. Uh, but she she was sort of too young to be able to process it. So we really spent time trying to explain it to her and assure her that I was okay, that she was okay. And then with time and, you know, things calming down, she she ended up being fine. If Lindsey Graham is a piece of shit, then what is Donald Trump? <laughs> you know what? My mother, who's up in heaven, would look down on me and tell me to shut up because <laughs> what I would say in answer to that she would not be proud of. So I'm not going to. I don't believe that. She, she's Jamaican. She, she, <laughs> she wouldn't have said that. She, I think she would have she's said something She's already mad. She's put me in timeout for what I said about Lindsey Graham already. Are there times right now where you feel like you really want to jump back in? No. Uh, you know, I'm very frustrated and concerned about right. where we are as a country. And I'm very concerned that what Donald Trump is doing is pursuing foreign policies that benefit himself personally politically and financially, but do nothing to advance our national interests. In fact, they are undermining our national interests. You know, when Nancy Pelosi said that all all roads seem to lead to Putin, there's a lot of truth to that. It's an extraordinary coincidence, in quotations, mm -hmm. that, you know, every major choice he's made in foreign policy, or almost everyone, has the added benefit of being helpful to Russia. So uh, that's what worries me. And it, it makes me, you know, obviously want to continue to speak out and to, um, you know, be as informative as I can to the American people about what we're witnessing and how this is not normal and how we can't accept it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of jumping back into the arena, you know, <laughs> like well, I, you know I, I've gotten, I've been so fortunate to serve at the highest levels right. and to serve under uh, two presidents particularly most recently President Obama at the highest levels, whom I have enormous respect for. You know, it's going to be hard to match that going mm -hmm. forward. Are there things you feel like Obama could have been more aggressive on? But And maybe I always felt like his hands were kind of tied because of the Republicans, but do you feel like there's things that, like, man, we should have been way more aggressive when it came to this? Well, my, my space in this was national security and foreign policy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on the domestic policy side, which may be more what you were thinking, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, there's no question that Obama faced the perpetual challenge of a set of uh, congressional Republicans, as Mitch McConnell said, who tried to thwart him at every turn. But despite that, there's so many ways in which, you know, things are much better mm -hmm. or were much better at the end of the Obama administration than they were going into it. Uh, and those are many things about which I'm proud. But 
my area of expertise really wasn't on the domestic side, as you know. Let's talk about the differences between Clinton and Obama. You was in both administrations. Could you tell the difference of how Clinton had was easy to get things done and it was so much difficult for Barack Obama and some of those differences? It really wasn't that easy for Bill Clinton either. <laughs> really? You know, remember, he got impeached. He was the right, last right, one. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, you know, there's a kind of mythology that the, the fact of the matter is, you know, you look back on how this polarization in Washington mm -hmm. and, you know, this sort of effort to ensure that whoever's in the White House, the opposite party is trying to make it impossible for them to get anything done. Bill Clinton experienced that mm -hmm. and, he, and arguably was sort of the first to go through that. So, um, you know, it really wasn't that easy then. What's, uh, what was a little bit different was that for a period anyway, uh, there was still some lingering re readiness on the part of the parties to cooperate on certain pieces of legislation. But remember, that was Newt Gingrich mm -hmm. back in the day who, you know, was coming after mm -hmm. Clinton. Mm -hmm. No, 90, okay, how, how was it being a woman of color, a black woman, watching that whole 94 crime bill? play out, especially when you saw it actually, it hindered Hillary, you know, when she, she ran for president. That was something held well, over her head. Again, like, my reaction to it would have been just like your reaction to mm -hmm. it. You know, like, again, that wasn't in my policy space, um, and it's not an area where I played any role. But, I mean, obviously that didn't work out for us, right? Yeah. That was right. rough. And, you know, the ramifications are, are those that we're still feeling today. How did y'all handle impeachment back then, though? Like, what was well, the game Well, you know, that plan? was so interesting, because... You know, what Trump is trying to say is, oh, p impeachment's happening, nothing's going to get done, you know, which, of course, nothing was getting done. And the only place anything was getting done was in the House, and all these bills are sitting in the Senate, which has nothing to do with impeachment yet. Mm -hmm. But in the Clinton administration, uh, the, the White House went out of the way to really put in a one compartment all the work that was being done on impeachment. And everybody else, I was at the State Department at the time, working on African affairs, you know, was doing the business of government as if nothing else were happening. We didn't let that get mm -hmm. in the way of doing our day jobs. Right. You still have to be able to function. That's what you're supposed your, to do. Right. But see, because Trump thinks that he is the government, <laughs> he is the state. If something is coming at him, therefore everything has to yield to his needs. So that's a huge difference. All right, we have more with Susan Rice. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Susan Rice. Yee. You know a lot of these people personally, obviously, who are politicians that we might not like and we might not like their policies, but knowing them personally, there's people that you also feel like he's not the person that you see on television. <laughs> I'm just well, asking because I know sometimes you have to work side by side with people. Yeah, but you know what? If, if somebody is going out on television and telling bald faced lies, mm. you know that tells you a lot about them. And you know you 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 should believe what you see, right? All politicians lie, though, right? No, for the most part. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 this is really important okay. because what Trump is doing is trying to normalize dishonesty. Lying. He did it already. He's and and what but don't let him get away with that. It I is agree. not true. We when you know, I don't care if you're talking about Obama, Bush, Clinton, Clinton lied. Obama before him. They did not get up every day and stand in front of the White House and tell bald-faced lies to the American Clinton people. Lied. He he did not lie in about he lied about his personal conduct mm -hmm. in that one instance. He did not tell, I think Trump's count is over 12,000 lies. <laughs> about things small and consequential. The man is a serial liar. There is not a moment when the American people 
can be confident that what comes out of his mouth is the truth. It's actually... Whether it's national security or, you know, how many people were in his inauguration crowd. It's very interesting to watch. I watched him. He was like, you know, let's keep the impeachment going for a little while longer because it's making the polls shoot up. And I was like, oh why? Now, do you think he'll be impeached? <laughs> do you think he'll be impeached? I think he'll be impeached, probably. But I don't know that he'll be removed. In fact, I doubt he'll be removed. Yeah, the Senate's not allowing that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, think Clinton should have been impeached? You know... <laughs> I, I don't have a strong view on that. And, of course, the impeachment was politically mo- motivated. For all you want to say, I don't think that one's personal sexual conduct, as reprehensible as it was in that case, is, you know, a matter of national and, 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 and you know, state importance. I think when the president of the United States bribes a foreign leader with the threat that he would not receive military aid that he desperately needs because he's under attack from our greatest adversaries, the Russians, Mm -hmm. and holds that military aid up in a White House meeting up in order to get bogus dirt Mm -hmm. on his domestic political opponent, Joe Biden. That is putting personal political interests ahead of the national interest and our national security. Uh, And he should be removed after he's impeached. Well, look, let's see where the facts lead. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think it's helpful to to get ahead of that. Mm-hmm. So let's see what the, you know, what, what the House comes up with. Let's see if he's impeached. Let's see how strong the evidence is. But what we've seen so far is shocking and deeply, deeply concerning. Do you think if he doesn't get removed, that will make him, because he already feels invincible, do you think that that will make his supporters go harder for him? I, you know, I... It seems like his supporters couldn't be any stronger for him right. than they already are. I mean, and, and that's a reality. You know, I was not uh, myself somebody who was pushing for impeachment or thought that it was important or urgent, frankly, until the Ukraine thing happened. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow. Really? This is so deep. Be- so all of the things he did prior to they that? Were, look, I think they were horrible. Yeah. But I didn't think that, that an impeachment process was was the best judgment until Ukraine came along. If if the Congress doesn't call a president of the United States on something of this consequence, then what is the Constitution about? Right. Why are we here? W- what else can this or any subsequent president think he can get away with? Now, out of all the candidates running, who do you like and who do you think is the best opponent for Donald Trump to beat Donald Trump? I haven't endorsed anybody. I haven't made a pick. I want to see how this plays out. Are there any candidates who came from out of nowhere that surprised you? Like, okay, I do kind of like this person. Well, I mean, you know what? I I think there's just there's just a lot of talent. I mm-hmm. think the one that you know I've I've known, for example, Senator Harris for a long time. Your brethren, uh, that's I'm, your brethren. Uh, I like her. I <laughs> like Joe Biden. Obviously, having worked closely with him, um, there's a, a a candidate who hasn't gotten a lot of attention that I know very well and have a lot of respect for, Michael Bennett, who's a senior senator from Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think Pete Buttigieg is actually interesting. Why is Mayor Pete interesting to you? Because he's, I've met him several times. He's, mm-hmm. he's smart. Uh, he's committed. Um, I respect his service in the, in, the, uh, in the military. I think he's got very thoughtful ideas. And I think he's kind of got the, the temperament and the, um, the, you know, the, the character to uh, to govern effectively. Did it feel like doomsday handing over that classified information on your last day to the next, uh, to Trump's <laughs> administration? You know, we had a lot of apprehensions <laughs> for good reason. Um, and yet, President Obama's directive to all of us was he wanted us to hand off to the Trump administration 
as completely and responsibly as Bush had handed off to him. Right. You know, politics aside, the business of national security is dead serious. The business of governing is dead serious. The problem was these guys weren't serious about governing, as we've seen subsequently. But we couldn't make that assumption preemptively. Mm -hmm. We had to give them yes, all they could. needed. No, no, <laughs> no. We, you might have had your own personal concerns or suspicions. I certainly did. Mm -hmm. But the job of the sitting administration is to enable the subsequent administration to be able to hit the ground on day one to serve American national security. But it's the executive producer of Celebrity Apprentice. Who's never Look, held man. any political office? Look, How can you have any hope in that? I didn't say hope. Okay. I said responsibility. Right. It's True, indeed. I know you. I know you have to go. So one last question. Twenty twenty, because we were talking about national security, and I feel like you know our democracy is definitely under attack. Like if you know that Russians are interfering, Mitch McConnell blocking the election security bill. How much faith can we have in the twenty twenty elections? Well, this is a serious question, and you know Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, as he's come to be known is doing more than anybody to hold up our capacity to put in the money that we really need to put in, the resources to defend our election integrity. I'm actually less concerned about the mechanics of our next election. I think the states are better prepared than they were in 2016. And um, I think the actual voting process is likely to be uh, fair and 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 transparent. What I worry about more is what is in our social media. Mm -hmm. And as I write in the last chapter of the book, how the Russians in particular are exploiting our domestic political divisions and trying to pit Americans against each other and cause us to hate each other, fight each other and weaken our democracy. Mm. And that's their strategy for destroying us and enabling themselves to become the pre preeminent global power. And we're playing into that because of our division. So we got Americans need to be much more witting of what is going on and how our adversaries are trying to divide us. They need to be thoughtful, informed consumers of information, not just believe everything that comes on right. your Facebook feed or right. that you see. And, you know, but here's the big thing we do. Each one of us gets to vote and our vote. Absolutely matters and we have got to recognize that the leadership we have now is working against mm -hmm. our interests as african americans our interests as americans broadly can't sit back and you know think well it's not my problem or my vote doesn't matter yeah. or i can't be bothered but no, I'm we need to be bothered mm -hmm. i just know that putin trump ticket is hard to beat for 2020 man. you know what we're gonna beat it right. but that requires each of us to get out and do what we got to do. Absolutely. Putin well, thank Trump you for ticket. joining us. <laughs> Susan Rice, we appreciate you. He put you. Putin on top of the That's right. ticket. That's right. <laughs> we appreciate you for joining us. Book Tough Love is out right now, and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's great thank to be you. with y'all. The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is gone, I think. Is he? Yeah, he's uh, in Charlotte, so he's got some stuff to do, so he left us. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're about to do a rumor report, and we're going to talk Kanye West and Dr. Dre. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor report, rumor report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
Well, Kanye West and Dr. Dre, it looks like they have plans to release a collaborative project called Jesus is King Part 2. Kanye put up on Instagram, yay and Dre, Jesus is King Part 2 coming soon. I don't know, though. Dr. Dre, it takes a while for him to do his projects. I don't, do you think I get excited when I see anybody say they're doing anything with Dr. Dre? Like, Dr. Dre is probably the greatest hip-hop producer of all time, one of the greatest producers of all time, period. But Dr. Dre don't be putting out no music? <laughs> what has Dr. Dre announced recently that actually came out? Um, he did his um, Compton. Compton, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't even announce that. That's the crazy part. <laughs> that just came out. Um, what else has he done? We've been waiting on Detox oh, forever. Yeah, and Anderson Pack. Uh, Anderson Pack, yeah. So there you go. All yeah. right. Now, Amanda Sales versus Sean King, and this is all over Rodney Reed. So we have all been seeing uh, the whole Rodney Reed story, and he has the death penalty, or he did, and that right now he has a stay, right, because a lot of people were protesting and uh, feeling like Rodney Reed did not actually rape and murder a woman. And the woman is Stacey Stites that we're speaking of. And so Amanda Seals went on her social media to talk about Rodney Reed activism and why she feels like you have to do your research before you do these hashtags and before you support people. So when the Rodney Reed case was presented to us, and if you're someone like me, you read the materials that were presented with it, and you felt, okay, like none of this seems, you know, awry, you went ahead with the support. So it feels very duplicitous that those who were pushing for this were doing so with the knowledge that this person, Rodney Reed, is not just accused of, but has been linked to previous rapes via his DNA being discovered within the victim. So Amanda Seals does go on to say that she does regret once backing his exoneration mm -hmm. because she's read whatever was presented and didn't realize that there was this whole backstory of other allegations against him. Right, other okay. rapes and uh, situations like that. Now, mind you, uh, he was convicted more than 20 years ago of this particular uh, rape and murder of Stacey Stites, who was 19 years old, by an all-white Texas jury. His DNA was found inside of Stacey Stites. Here's what she had to say. He has been ID'd by a woman who escaped him. And so you're asking yourselves, well, why wasn't he convicted of those? Well, three of those cases did not go to trial because he had already been convicted of capital punishment. I think it is very important to note, though, that this is somebody who, in two cases, cited that the reason his semen was found in the body of a person who was raped and killed was because he was having a current relationship with them that, unbeknownst to anybody else, was going on because that person was a white woman and he was a black man. Yeah, I saw a, a news report on KVUE, which was detailing Rodney Reed's alleged uh, history of violence against women. Right, and the reason that he even got identified in the Stacey Stites case was because uh, the following year, he had been arrested and charged with the kidnapping, beating, and attempted rape and murder of another woman named Linda Schluter. Mm -hmm. And that attack happened about six months after Stacey Stites was killed, and there were similarities between these two cases. That's why the police started investigating him in this case. And what were they mad about Amanda yet? What were they mad about? Now, Sean King responded to what Amanda Seals had to say. And he went on his Instagram. He said, on behalf of the family of Rodney Reed, I have to respond here directly to Amanda Seals. We've counted over 20 egregious factual errors in her viral video, but none were more inflammatory and damaging than this one. Here she says that Rodney Reed, who she fails to say was a high school student at the time in Wichita Falls, 
Texas raped and killed a woman there. Lies, all lies. I am proud to report that only Amanda and her rush to get a video out killed that woman. She is thankfully still alive and well today. She was not murdered by Rodney or anyone else, and a jury voted quickly and unanimously to acquit Rodney on all charges in that case. So many lies in this video. Rodney did not commit the crime, was acquitted, and the woman was never murdered. So this was a previous uh, accusation against him. Yeah, I mean, Amanda was wrong about Rodney Reed allegedly raping and killing someone in Wichita Falls. In that case, Rodney Reed was just charged with rape. But I think Amanda's overall point about wishing she had all the information on Rodney Reed's, you know, uh, history of violence against women is accurate. Like, there, there's nothing wrong with fighting for Rodney Reed, but he has been the alleged suspect in several violent crimes against, against women. And look, I don't know if he's guilty of these things or not, and he probably is innocent in the murder of Stacey, Stacey Styles, but I do know if a lot more people would have known his history prior to the social media push that happened for him, they probably wouldn't have gotten involved with that push. Now, Sean King said, do you really think Rodney Reed duped the Innocence Project for the 18 years they've been on this case? Do you think he duped the conservative Board of Pardons and Parole and the Texas Criminal Court of Appeals. Be smart, people. They saw the actual evidence wake up. And what does matter in this particular case is the evidence in this case. So, you know, they did say that Stacey Seitz was engaged and her fiancé was actually a suspect as well, a person of interest. And according to uh, other people who are witnesses, they're saying that he was the actual culprit, her, her former uh, fiancé, Jimmy Fennell. So that's what the situation is. Now there's people who are coming forward saying that Jimmy Fennell did admit to it and did not appreciate the fact that Stites was having an affair with Rodney Reed. And that's why he claims that his DNA, Rodney Reed says his DNA was inside of her because he had been with her the day before. So I mean, listen, I think Sean is missing the overall point. Uh, he's talking to the nuance of the Stacey Stites case which he's right on. But Amanda and a lot of other people are talking about Rodney Reed's overall mm-hmm. history of violence against women because all these women can't be lying, right? I the mean, only thing is, and I will say this, the death penalty is final. Yes. And so I've always had an issue with the death penalty. I've never really believed in the death penalty. But especially if there's some type of doubt that someone committed a crime and there's witnesses coming forward and saying the person didn't do it, I don't think that you should implement the death penalty in those cases I, yeah, I don't. I don't really have strong feelings on the death penalty either way. Um, I, I I don't even know if Rodney Reed is guilty of these things or not. Like I just said, and he probably is innocent in the murder of Stacey Stites. And if that's the case, then he shouldn't be getting put to death. But I do know if a lot more people would have known his about his history of violence towards women prior to the social mm-hmm. media push that happened for him, I don't know if they would have gotten involved. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's because because like. All of these different women, like, you're not believing multiple accusers now? Or Kelly and Bill Cosby sitting around like, word, y'all ain't believing multiple accusers no more? Like, all right. Well, we'll keep you guys updated on what's going on with that. But as for now, as we're all investigating and doing our own research and coming up with our own conclusions, that's what we have for you. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, coming up, we have the People's Choice Mix. Yes, Envy. Which is not even the People's Choice Mix at all because mm-hmm. uh, there is nobody that chooses this mix other than Rashawn Casey, DJ Envy, a.k.a. Trap Toupee. All right? So, let's get to it. It's The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we got to shout Lena Waithe for joining us this morning. Salute to Lena Waithe, man. Always a pleasure. We are going to buy a theater. We'll be announcing that soon to let you know where you can come watch Queen and Slim. 
Queen and Slim with us, okay? I can't wait to see that movie. Yes, we, absolutely. We're we, we putting it together right now. And yep. I just want to let y'all know, you know, we do have Wealth Wednesdays tomorrow, MV, at our Juice Bar, and it's also streaming live. But this is a really good one. It's sponsored by Self, which is an app where you can fix your credit. So they've helped right. over 400,000 people fix their credit scores. That is dope. And also Susan Rice for joining us today. Yes, Susan Rice. Go grab her new book, Tough Love. It's out right now. Yeah, All what right, I like well, about Susan Rice's book is it's not just about her time working with Barack Obama in the White House, but it's also about her personal life. We don't think about how these politicians are affected at home and their families are affected by what's going on around them and how it, you know, with their relationship with her husband, with her kids. All of that is in the book. So I thought it was a pretty interesting read. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. You like it what you see? Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for your positive note. Give me some positivity. Listen, man, the positive note for the day is simple. Some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard at it. Get your ass up and go work on your dream today. Breakfast Club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done? 